19 down, 19 to go. Pitchers who had good fantasy seasons. And do we care moving forward? All right, that's enough chit-chat. It's time for dingers. This is dingers. Way more than fantasy baseball. We keep it real when we talk and knock it straight out the park. <laughs> Let's see the stats. What's the average draft position? What kind of plays you making? Check the wins above replacement. Check the lineups and the points. This I gotta see. What's your path to victory? Are they aiming for a dynasty? Get points going head to head. Please don't do me no favors. We're always watching waivers. Ain't no minor league. This is major. Yeah. Dingers. Let's go. Welcome to Dingers, the only fantasy baseball podcast for smart people. It's not just Dustin May that wins you championships. That's why week in and week out we're delivering tips and strategies to help you live that straight up OG lifestyle. Todd Childs here, joined again by Robbie Baseball. What is up, Robbie? Nothing. As I just mentioned to you, I'm going to be be brief tonight because I want to be brief tonight on the second episode. We've gone through a lot of pitchers. We've got 19 to go. It is good to reflect on this. Um, a lot of off-season mapping out what I want to do is happening as we do these episodes. Um, you know, that's what I get out of these. Ty, what are you taking away from these episodes where we are deep diving on guys with bad stat lines? Now we're deep diving on guys with good stat lines. I like to... Um use it to eliminate my biases that I might've created either last season or the season prior. I think it's just a good thing to dive back into these things before you start to plan your off season. That's what I really like about the, not just what we're going through, but the timeline in which we're going through it on before people start to talk about changes in, in whatever uh, their repertoire, their workout routines, best shape of their life stuff. You know what I'm talking about, Robbie? Oh, absolutely. Hundo P as the kids say. Now well, I must it, say, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, and, and I mean, we're both in the best shape of our lives. And the big reason that we are <laughs> is a long time ago, someone decided to put stuff in glass bottles. In some of these bottles, they put juice or milk. And that was stupid. Today, only alcohol and a few other products remain in the containers from the gods. It's time for beers and bourbon, because good advice only comes in a bottle. Man, I, I am loving the being back on the Basil Hayden train, and it's just so good. I don't even know why I use a glass. <laughs> Moderation, I do believe. Uh, and I am with my Waterloo Dark again, as I had said in the first of this two-part episode that um, got great, great deals, smoking deals, almost like American pricing on this beautiful Canadian craft brewer. Uh, and again, I'll continue to dive in. And because it's it's bottles and glass, I, I meet the criteria of the segment, but also it doesn't have as much as a normal pint that I'm used to. So I, I will say that it's not hard to down more than three of these while we go through a typical 60 minute episode. So we'll see if I can reel it back tonight to two. Cause I second episode we've done tonight. I don't want to be slurring to the point that it's obvious to everybody until I get upstairs and try, you know, honking my wife on the caboose. If you know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> well, I feel like we'll know when you cross that line, when you start talking about Austin both again. 
<laughs> is he on the list? Oh, no, we do not. have. This we do the, have this second is, to last. Is the list as one of, of guys boys. that pitched. Yeah, this is the list of guys that pitched good. So Ozzy oh, will not be on this oh. list. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's just dive right into it. So we've got somebody who's been one of those wonky weirdo dudes uh, traded from Milwaukee to San Diego, Zach Davies in the offseason, 27 year old. Um, he had issues when he came up, I think it was 17, 18, where he was sent back down and his agent, um, the almighty Scott Boris was like, this is BS. You're just trying to suppress the man who's been perfectly fine. And Davies has never been dominant, but uh, the dinger rank for him is 113th. Now we did 202, I think, uh, pitchers who we thought would be the most impactful over the next five years. So he's obviously on this list, having exceeded expectations year one. 11 starts, 66 in the third inning, seven and four record. Thank you, uh, Fernando Tatis Jr., for that record. 285 ERA, 107 whip, 60 Ks, and 19 walks. So the walks are a little high. Uh, nothing crazy, but just a little bit on the high side. I'm holding Davies where I have him. I don't even know if I have a share off the top of my head. If I do, he would have been on my team as an SP five last year. And I'm not interested in paying anything off of a current roster or any type of top 150 prospect for him. That's just me. Um, Ty, you are a sell. So you are a little further along the process. Is there anything that stands out to you as to why you are looking to sell Davies now? Just this, this is clearly, yeah, this is clearly a profit and loss model here. I just okay. think this is the best season statistic wise that you're going to see out of Zach Davies. Obviously counting stats, not going to be the case there. He, he did win 17 games in 2017. That's probably going to be a career high as well. If he's, if he's in San Diego next season, he still carries value. And, and that's why I think he's a sell because I think you can turn him into two strong assets instead of just one that's in all likelihood replaceable at an SP three, because that's really what he is. He gives up a lot of hits. Uh, he was, what do we got here? He was third in the NL in that 2017 season. You know, he, he was pitching a lot that year. It was career high 191 innings. But the other part that's scary is he's not had another full season since then. Uh, and, and so I'm a little concerned. He's a little Homer prone and he does walk his fair share of guys. So there's just enough here for me to be scared of, of owning him. And I, and I'm going to go the other way and take advantage of what will in all likelihood be the best season of his career. Okay. Well, we'll go quickly right on to Tony Gosselin, who is the Dodgers 26 year old pitcher uh, opener apparently in the world series, but starting pitcher all the other times this year in seven starts this year, 40 and two thirds innings, a one and two record one seventy-seven ERA. Oh, I'm sorry. I missed a start here. So he was two and two in 46 and two thirds innings with a two thirty-one ERA and a decimal eight, four whip. Um, Gosselin I've got as a sell. I just don't know how LA is going to manage all these guys. So I'm not interested in planting a flag on him. I know in the offseason you had talked about Dustin May and we're really high on him. We're going to get to him later on. But for me, Gonsolin is just somebody who I think will underperform, kind of like a Ross Stripling maybe, just not, not going to be given a spot every fifth day. And I don't want to invest my fantasy fortune in a guy like that. I want to get somebody who is going to be there every fifth day. So for me, he's a sell. And if that means that I'm losing out on future um, 
bonuses from him, I just need to make sure I'm making a good trade. And I think that anybody should be able to do that right now with this guy at this point in his career. Yeah. So for me, Gonson's a guy that I want to buy on because I think this is a guy exactly to your point, Robbie, uh, is a guy that people are scared of because of the depth in LA. And I think the, like if he was on Boston or Toronto or Baltimore or San Francisco or a team that wasn't extremely deep in elite starting pitching, people would be really, really excited about this guy. He's my wife's favorite pitcher because he has Catman written on the side of his hat, his glove. And apparently he has a, a heavy collection of cat t-shirts. And so as a result, she's a fan. And I think I can score some major brownie points by buying here, but that's a side <laughs> element to this conversation. Um, but well, that's like back time, in the Michael Vick days, Ty, when you just, you traded off all your Michael Vick shares and then told your wife, you, you know, I don't own Michael Vick anywhere in fantasy anymore. And she's like, okay, get back in bed. See, I, I believe in the pocket passer. I've never been a Michael Vick guy, uh, except for in Madden. He's a stud in Madden. We all know that, though. Um, you know, like Gonsolin for me is is just a guy that I think is underappreciated. And, and you, we all know how I feel about those sort of guys. Hello. He's going to fall directly into team post type category, whether it's at the beginning of this season or the beginning of next think he's going to be a forgotten soldier to your point Robbie and I and I for that reason I'm buying because we all know I like to get in before anybody thinks people are good and this is one of those guys for me he's already 26 so it's not as if he has to mature physically at any point he's just he's just going to be a guy and he's not going to be an ace he's not going to be sp1 that's not his repertoire sp2 upside sp3 is likely where he slots in so buy him now while he's sp5 yeah and here's another so I disagree with you on, on, you know, what I would do with Tony, but moving on to Quang Hung Kim, St. Louis Cardinals, uh, one time closer because he closed one time and now starter the 31 year old who came over last year. Uh, it, it was really sketchy in spring training as to whether he was even going to end up starting for some reason, the reports were, would he start or not? He was the only lefty they had. So of course they were going to do something to mix it up. The dinger rank was 150 on him overall. He ended up with a three and O record this year and a save very nice in 39 innings, 24 Ks, a 162 ERA and a one decimal zero three whip. I like it. I really think Kim is going to be forgotten this off season. Of course, people are going to just look and say, well, that ERA was really low and that whip was okay. I'm going to take a chance as my SP five. If he slips to me, I'm saying be aggressive. You know, if, if he's owned somewhere, he would have been in a rookie draft uh, last year, he's, well, I mean, depending on your league setup, some people just pick an arbitrary age at which you are no longer rookie eligible, but he might be on a rookie contract. I would pay a pretty decent amount for him. You know, I'm looking at some of the other names that we're going to discuss tonight. I would say I would probably trade him for some guys that others would not on this list. Um, the last guy we're going to discuss tonight, I think I would make a trade for him and a, a Cleveland pitcher. Um, there are other players who I think, Kim is going to surpass in stats over the next couple of years. Now this could be a Merrill Kelly case. This could be, um, Oh my gosh. Who was the St. Louis guy who came over two years ago? Um, Mikolos, um, miles and Mikolos who had one good season and then just became a pitcher. But Kim hasn't had the one full season yet. So I still think he's going to surprise the 
NL East next year who has not seen him and the NL West who has not seen him, but he was also in limited starts able to do it against the NL Central. So I'm good with Kim moving forward. Maybe next year he's the kind of guy who you treat like a mid-season all-star break kind of trade, get the most value you can. But right now I'm looking to acquire him. Ty, you're in the same boat, similar reasons? Yeah, I, I agree with you in terms of the the value buy here. I'm not as much in love with him as a stud per se. I just don't think he's that guy. I do like him in terms of, of just being underappreciated. And I think he's a guy, I'm going to put him in SP4 as like the target range. Yeah. And if you, for whatever reason, you don't get the pitching you want early, you could justify him as an SP3. But I really, really like him if you get him at SP4 value. And, and I think he's going to slide back there because he did get lit up a little in the playoffs here. So uh, in his brief appearance, the, a good team took him to the woodwork, uh, to the shed. No, the woodshed is what I was looking for. Uh, yeah. Eventually got there, but... Um, they could have showed him some woodwork that they did. That's true. Well, and, and eventually <laughs> it will work instead of woodwork for Kim here. So, Ooh, yeah. <laughs> so there was a point to our, our needless rambling, but the, the reality is here. I'm with you, Robbie. I, I don't think there's anything that I'm seeing in the deeper numbers that is super exciting off the charts. I just, I think this is a value play. The one thing I'm concerned about is the strikeout numbers. So if you do in fact end up with him on your roster and you see control issues with the walks, you need to get him out fast. Yeah. So that's the one thing you need to pay attention to. If you see the walks tick up, make sure he go bye-bye. Yeah, because he's not going to be doing it on on the K side. So he's got to be a control pitcher. Now, somebody else, pinpoint control. Uh, the Blue Jay ace, 33-year-old um, Jim Ryu. Uh, he had 12 starts this year, 67 innings, 72 Ks, 5-2 and two record. 269 ERA, nice, 1.15 whip, that's fine. But he was also in Buffalo. He was in a weird park. He still has yet to pitch at Rogers Center. And everybody was writing him off because of the, what, AL East, because of Rogers Center, because, because, because. Just, you know, ignore those factors and keep them. If you've got them, keep them. If the value is right, get them. I'm officially on the hold side. If I got to do the, you know, one slash other, I'd say hold by because I think Ryu proved this year that he is able to do it. Now he had some weird starts. Absolutely. A lot of guys do, right? We talked about this before. You can't expect your ACE to go out and be perfect every time or to be able to hold your team in. There are going to be some ugly days out there. And I like Ryu for the next couple of seasons. And I know that that's not going to be everybody's favorite thing, but you got somebody who knows how to throw and somebody who can pitch and you've got a weird transition going on in Boston, the possible build now happening with Baltimore, Tampa Bay is Tampa Bay and the Yankees are the Yankees. So it's not going to be an easy slog, but Ryu was able to get it done here. And I believe in him moving forward, certainly a hold. And I would say hold by Ty. Yeah, I mean, Ryu, for me, is just so much fun to watch. Like, he's a pitcher's pitcher. Uh, I, I love anybody that has a good cutter. It's just – it's my favorite pitch in baseball if you haven't caught on to that yet. Um, I'm pretty blunt about it. I, I just enjoy watching him pitch. It's just fun. And his numbers are quite good if you look at game by game. Now, 
the one thing I'm going to say is I'm praying desperately that the Blue Jays do not continue with this ridiculous get pitchers out in the fifth and sixth inning crap that we watched this season. I know there's analytics. It's mismanaging, really. Oh, it's it's gross. Like it's just too much. It's it's too much of the data, and we did like we certainly didn't have the bullpen to do it this season. Um, there's only one team in baseball that has enough of a bullpen mix to play the five inning game. Yeah, and it's they're in the World Series race. right now. Yeah, you know, and Montoya comes from that. Like I get that's why he he learned from Cash and in the organization, but still, not the point. I don't like it. Um, in in Rio's a guy that that you know we talked about Rourke a couple episodes ago being a guy that was probably hurt by that model and Ryu is a guy that they gave a little bit more rope to uh, I just don't want to see it in the future Ryu really struggled because he had a slower start that was really where a lot of his his numbers were bumped up in this short season uh, he still pitched to a 269 overall five wins two losses easily the ace the best pitcher the Jays had um, strikeout numbers were, were quite good at 72 in 67 innings, right? For a guy that gets a lot of ground balls, a lot of weak contact, he did a lot of the right things. Nothing to hate here. Um, I'm still buying because, you know, not only is he a good pitcher, uh, the velo isn't really that much of a concern yet. And that Jays team's only going to get better. So he's going to have good run support. He's going to be able to pitch effectively because he's not having to be perfect against really good lineups, chasing leads all the time. That offense is going to do its thing. And as long as he doesn't end up in DeGrom territory where they just choose not to support him, uh, he should be just fine. So I'm buying. I've been buying. I will continue to buy on Ryu. He's just, he's a good pitcher. And the arm has not had the wear and tear because of a lot of injuries, you know, 16 through. So there we go. So we're good on that. Zach Allen on the other end on the youth train, 24 year old. He was ranked 62nd on the Dingers big board. And in 72 innings this year, three and two record, 82 Ks, 279, 275 ERA, and a 111 whip. Uh, good for you, Zach Allen. I can't buy because the price is ridiculous. So I'm holding. And that's a realistic thing. I did reach out, as I mentioned in the last episode, I believe, that just for the sake of the show, sometimes I will talk to the owners of the players in these leagues to just say, Hey, what's, you know, a return look like for Zach Allen. And in a points league, when I made that comment to somebody, the first thing they said was, um, you know, Hira Debbie Garcia plus, and I was like, all right, I'm out because I just don't see Zach Allen as being that amazing all the time. Granted, he's been pretty good so far as an MLB -er. I just don't know that that's going to be the trend. So I'm holding because I don't want to pay the price. Now, Ty, you are selling on yeah. gallon. I'm just not buying, and I was trying to find my notes We're on similar. Gallon. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm I'm selling on Gallon. I mean, my my notes have eluded me for Gallon for some reason. I don't know if I deleted them by accident or something. But um, the the big thing here for me is I I just I'm not a fan of the eye test. That's the first yep. and and foremost thing. Now the upside is the cutter is there. So you guys, we just talked about the cutters. I love a good cutter. <laughs> The, the issue for me is that what I love about the cutter is is almost always set with a slider. And those two pitches go really, really well together. Curveball, cutter, eh, not as excited about because they're harder to match. They just, they're just harder to match. Changeup's very good. Um, fastball's good. And, and I'm trying to remember because, I'm, I'm, like I said, I lost my notes. Yep. So I'm, I'm trying to remember 
what my big, big, big reason for selling here was. Cause this was, a, I've kind of noted that I, I Arizona, to is it the, a, the humidor? Cause that was a lot of fun to talk about. I don't think so. Two I'm years to find, ago. Yeah. I'm tr- yeah no doubt. I'm <laughs> Before to he find, was in an MLB. Yeah. I'm trying to find my trigger number. There's something in here that I, I just can't put my finger on right now. Okay. But maybe we can come back to this one. Yeah, for um, sure. So let's, let's do um, the next oh, two guys. Nope, found oh, it. You got it. Perfect. Yep. Found it. No, it's definitely the cutter. So as much as I love the cutter, um, it's it's his dominant pitch after the four seamer. So versus four seamer pit, uh, players hit one eighty five and slug just two fifty. Versus the cutter, which is his secondary pitch, gave up the most bombs off of that pitch. He gave up a three eighteen batting average and people slug five hundred against it. So the big thing for me is that the the curveball um, isn't thrown at a high enough percentage. Now hitters don't hit it. They hit 0.98 against it. So why he throws at 16% of the time uh, is concerning because there's two things. Either he has no control over it, and that's why people didn't hit it because it's impossible to scout, and he just missed it in the right spots when he did. Um, Or he doesn't feel comfortable with it and maybe potentially leading to some pain or injury. Like that doesn't make sense. If you've got an 0.98 batting average against a pitch, you would expect that to be a more frequent pitch. And the percentage actually dropped from what he threw in 2019 on that same pitch. So just the pitch mix for me is concerning. There's some underlying things. I'm going to sell in addition to the fact that he's in a hitter's ballpark. I just think this is the time to cash in on Gallon. And there's some things that I think are just going to lead to a regression, not a bottom falling out, just a regression. So I'm going to sell high. That's really where I'm coming from. Okay. So Chris Bassett, who's somebody that we were really perplexed with the hype headed into this year. Um, Bassett ended up with 63 innings, five and two record, 55 Ks, 229 ERA and a 1.16 whip. Really, really good. Like very happy with those numbers. Obviously we want a hundred Ks. <laughs> we always want more Ks, but that's fine. Everything else was in line with what you would expect and he was SP4, SP5 value this year, but getting the mentions. Well, he's 32 headed into his age 33 season. He was 156 on the Dingers big board. Uh, we're both selling. Age is a factor for me. Oakland is a factor for me. And I feel like Bassett might be the kind of guy who just gets dealt this offseason because he's an every fifth day guy. And Oakland might say, well, we do have eight of them. You know, eight possible guys for next year that could be doing this job. Bassett doesn't need to be one of them, but we do want... You know, whatever. Uh, I know Marcus Simeon's a free agent, so maybe they want to get a shortstop from somewhere else. Maybe they want to talk to Colorado and try to do something really cool with Trevor Story, who's got one year left on his contract. But I don't see Bassett as somebody I want on my fantasy team moving forward. I could blame it on the K's not being, you know, at, at one in inning. I could say that it's fluky with ERA or whatever. He, he's not. He, he seems okay. I just am not interested in a 33-year-old SP4, SP5 type in fantasy, if I could possibly turn that in to something else. So as you had mentioned earlier, Ty, it's just the smart move to make the trade. That's what I'm looking at with Bassett. Yeah, for me, this is identical uh, situation value-wise to Gallon. This is just the time to get out. And yeah. and for me, the stuff isn't as, as you know elite. I don't think he benefits from good defense, big ballpark. Um Without doubt, his best season, it's an outlier versus f- a five-year career prior to this, right? Like, the numbers yeah. are so far off 
um, his best season, right? His best season previous was a 3.02 ERA in just 47 innings. So he pitched 144 innings in 20, 2019. There's, there's a small possibility this guy just needed a chance to log some innings to sharpen some stuff up. That said, like he's still at peak value. So like Robbie said, he's 31. Take a chance to get somebody that's a little bit tighter. Yeah, so here's a here's a real easy one for me. Uh, Merrill Kelly, 31 year old Diamondback, 86 on the Dingers big board, in 31 and a third innings this year, three and two record, 29 Ks, 259 ERA, WHIP at decimal nine nine, but thoracic outlet surgery, sell them. I don't want to deal with that. I know Julio Urias had it, but Julio Urias was a decade younger, and Merrill Kelly is not. Merrill Kelly is with an Arizona who needs starting pitching, but he's expected to start throwing as the reports show here on fantrax.com um, that he should be throwing in late November, early December. I don't care. I like, <laughs> I'll, I'll like, you know, Ty talks about spring training or Ty, you talk about spring training. I could wait until spring training and he, he appears in games. I'm going to deal him. I don't want to own a single share of Merrill Kelly headed into 2021. That's it. I'm out. It's just, that surgery scares me. Julio Urias will be my exception to the rule. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy that got barreled 11% of the time this year. So one in 10 pitches got barreled. That is a significant problem for a starting pitcher. Now, um, the numbers did see slight improvements off of slug, off of batting average last season. The hard hit rate was exactly the same as 2019 at 40%. That's both not a good number and crazy that it matches up. Like that's Chris Davis level crazy of consistent stats. Very hard to match that percentage. Strikeout numbers just aren't high enough. Um, big step forward though in the walk rate. Um, so I think that's that's, that's an interesting just abbreviated season. I think. Um, yes and no, right? Like yes and no. So I'm not willing to say that there's not value to that, but. Um, there's just not enough here at this age to, to get involved. And frankly, it's just a scenario where there's too many, too many warning signs to the, to the downtick. Um, like a lot of the movement profile stuff's going flat or the wrong direction. And if that's the case, you're going to see people start to barrel at an even higher rate and it's already too high to begin with. So I'm just out because I don't like hard contact from my starting pitchers. That's bad. Okay. So sell and sell. You got lots of reasons. Certainly no reason to keep them. <laughs> Zach Ranke, 36 year old right now, 52nd ranked on the Dingers big board, 12 starts this year, 67 innings, three and three record, 403 ERA, 1.13 whip, 67 Ks, nine walks. The control is there. Uh, the issue with Granky was there were potential arm shoulder issues throughout the postseason, but he pitched. That was important. Uh, he heads into the offseason, should have a regular routine, not recouping, no rehab, just Granky doing what Granky does. So, yes, he is older now, but I'm only hoping that means his value has gone down. Um, Granky's the kind of guy who I'm holding. You know, Ty, you're selling, and age could certainly be the issue here, totally justified. But for myself, I don't know that I'm going to acquire him anywhere, but I'm certainly not going to shy away because to me, Zach Granke is the kind of guy with this 403 ERA. He could hold you in. You know, he's not winning you the league anymore. That's not what he's going to do. 
but he could certainly hold you in. And when he's getting a K per nine, or sorry, getting <laughs> not a K per nine, nine Ks per nine or a K per inning, and he's going to throw 150, 170 next year, I'll take it. Yeah, I mean, the strikeout rate is has been declining, right? Yep. That's the nothing shocking um, there. Well, I shouldn't say that. It's actually flat. That's surprising. Uh, it is down a little bit from 2017, but that's it's too small a sample size to to say that it's declining sharply. Uh, what I will say is I very much appreciate the fact that he's turning to mind games by telling the other team what he's yeah. about to throw. I, <laughs> I very much appreciate what that means um, at that level. It's just fun to watch, and, and I appreciate the humor behind it. Uh, however, this is fantasy baseball, and uh, time is coming for Zach Granke, and and – his career has been phenomenal. This is probably going to be a hall of famer, but at the same time, it's, it's just time for him to, to move into the sunset and he doesn't have the velocity, the, the slider curve model, both very good pitches just aren't good enough. So he's introduced the splitter over the last couple of seasons and in really increased the percentage he's been throwing it. And so He's getting creative. Like I, I compare him to um, it's Eddie Harris from Major League, the guy that puts Vaseline on his forehead and stuff like that. Oh like, yeah, yeah. That's where he's Zach at. All the moves. Yeah. yeah, that's where he's at. He's gonna steal Joe Boo's rum, and his career could be over. And yeah. so, like, that's just where Granky's at. And there's nothing wrong with that. He's just old. That happens to everybody. Time yeah. comes for them all, and and it's time for Granky. There's there's no stat for Granky because, like I said, I I would have assumed without even looking that the strikeout rate was going the wrong way it's not it's flat it actually increased from 2019 um to this season but the barrel rate is climbing and the exit velocity is is relatively flat so that's positive um it's just one of those guys that i talk about all the time that once the velo falls off things are going to go sideways so the velocity from 19 to 20 on the fastball is 89 to 87.9 on average and you're just going to see that trend continue. Like he, he probably still will be able to pump it, but the stuff's not good enough to be Jamie Moyer. And that's the age category he's in. Whoa, come on. All right. Well, let's go to a new age category. Ian Anderson, Atlanta Braves, 22 year old. Uh, first thing to say, he pitched and started in game seven of the NLCS. So we know how Atlanta feels about him. They are not about to cast him aside. He will be uh, what? sp2 sp3 next year in atlanta so good things for ian anderson coming the dingers big board ranked him 63 and i'm i'm stuttering over that just because i wrote it in in pen afterwards and as i mentioned before waterloo dark um so in what was it this year 32 and a third innings three and two record 41 k's 1.95 era and a whip just over one one decimal zero eight Great stuff for me and Anderson. I think the biggest issue you're going to have is acquiring him because he's still going to have rookie eligibility, depending on your contracts, leagues, whatever it is that you're up to. He could still be a rookie next year, but this is somebody to absolutely circle to discuss with the, the current owner. If it's not you and do not sell him. If you have him that that's the best advice I can give. I, I have him as a hold, but that's just because I don't think you can buy, but, Certainly don't sell him. Ty, you've got him as a buy. Are you saying pay the price or are you yep. saying try? Yeah, I'm, oh, saying yeah? Pay, I'm saying pay the price. I, I was very impressed um, with the repeatability 
of of some of the stuff he's doing in the biggest game against a good team. Uh, I just I really liked it. He went at the Dodgers twice and didn't get beat up too bad. And that's saying a lot. Like for a kid at his age, 22 years old, he the the biggest thing he has against him is the fact that it shows 63170 on the board and we know how I feel about that body shape. There is a 0% chance that that guy is 170. That's just not where he's at. He's thicker than that. Uh, I, I'm not buying 170. That's like so uh, just so everyone knows, Ty does not want the tall, lanky man, i.e., Chris Sale profile does not work for him. It's not that they can't be good pitchers, it's that they can't be good pitchers for long periods of time. And it's it's over time you will see that I am correct. So just lean into it now. Um, <laughs> the, re- the reality here though for me the one thing i'm very concerned with is the curve has a ridiculously low spin rate okay it is in the bottom oh, seventh percentile it's yeah. seventh percentile Jeez, it's a very weird stat because it's a pretty good pitch like i'm very confused by it to be 100 honest with you uh he threw it 20 percent of the time and gave up just five hits this season. Now, he only threw it a handful of times. So, because right. it was such a small sample size, but it's just, it's a weird thing. So, my, my concern is that even though he only gave up five hits, it was in 20, basically 20 pitches. So, 25% of the time, hmm. he was giving up a hit against that pitch. So, that's the one red flag that I have for him. The four seamer is very good. Uh, the changeup is his best pitch, right? Yeah. So he only needs the curveball to set up the other pitches. So what I'm looking for with him is I'm going to want to see an improvement in either the sinker, which he only threw three times, basically, um, or a handful of times, sorry, yeah, this eight. season. And, and you know, sorry, I've got, got my columns mixed up. He threw the curveball way more. It's still not good, but the reality is he threw it a lot more than what I said. Um, the sinker, I want to see where he goes with those back two pitches though. So either the curveball has to get tighter or the sinker has to get there. Cause we've talked about it exclusively, like how I feel about two pitch pitchers, right? Because if all they're looking for is you to throw a fastball or a changeup, you're going to get beat up. That's a fact, especially as they go through facing Ian Anderson more in the future. Um, that's what I'm looking for. The changeup is elite. It, it might be the best changeup in the NL um, by the time it's said and done here. It's very, very good. Yeah, he certainly is worthy of positivity as a playoff pitcher moving forward into next year with Atlanta, who we know has some really weird things going on in their rotation. Um, Moving on to the next guy. One last thing, Robbie, though. Yeah, yeah. Just when we get to spring training, and I know you're all going to be glued to the TV next spring with all of this stuff I've been throwing at you. Oh my God. Watch the curveball. <laughs> and in especially because they're they're in uh grapefruit, right, Robbie? Mm-hmm. Watch watch if the balls fly out of the yard in the spring. If you see that, be concerned. If you see him keep the ball in the yard in Florida in that wind, buy like crazy. Curveball, not so much. Fastball, very good. I cannot hit curveball. <laughs> Straight ball, I hit it very much. Curveball. That's our friend. <laughs> oh, you got that at the ready. All right. So moving on from the 22 year old to the 21 year old Sixto Sanchez today on Twitter um, at Robbie baseball. That's me was spitting out an off the top of my head, top 10 
starting pitcher prospects. I just wanted to drum a bit of conversation, had some good chats with people. Thank you very much. You can always hit us up at Dingers Pod or hit tie up at Tourney Boss as well. Um, I left Sixto Sanchez off my list, and that's the next guy we're discussing. In 39 innings this year, 3-2 and two record, 33 Ks, 346 ERA, and a 1.2 whip. Now, Sixto did not finish the year very well with his walks and his strikeouts, but Sixto Sanchez is a good pitcher. Sixto Sanchez was not on the Dingers top 50 because we didn't think he was going to come up this year. We didn't think we'd see him for the first half of 2021. So it's great that he's here. It's a good thing to be a Sixto Sanchez owners as I am in a league, I think two, but at least in one. However, he struggled down the stretch and was not good in his playoff appearance. That doesn't mean he's garbage, right? He could very well be the what SP two SP three for the Marlins next year. And he's so young. It's great. But I don't know that you can honestly expect to acquire him just like Ian Anderson. So for me, he's a hold. I like what he did. I like the potential. The issue was always that he was a converted position player, but he was also so young at the time and is still so young that he's up that I think it's going to be okay. If you've got him, just don't trade him. That's all I can say. Realistically, uh, Ty, you are buying on Sixto. Similar scenario, pay the price if you can get him. Like if the current owner's willing to deal. Whether I own him or not, this is my number one buy this offseason. Number one buy. You're putting a hockey song in for the fantasy baseball buy. No, that's Happy Gilmore. <laughs> but that's isn't isn't that the hockey song is not what it's called? Is. I'm just I'm just busting balls. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's it's a great song either way and I'm excited that Sixto Sanchez <laughs> is song. stocky enough that he could be a hockey player. So okay. there he's an absolute bulldog and that's what I really like about him. He's the kind of guy that is, you know, the guy from the baseball movies that like grinds the bat with his hands or he's the the mean pitcher that comes in he's that guy on the so mound. he'd be what? the guy that's rubbing the actual bone on his correct bat, which is a thing it's a yes. thing and and he's the, he's just the guy for me that i like i love his stuff it's it's very electric we talked about it last off season how much i like sixto sanchez sanchez because his stuff is gross like it's just filthy there's a reason he's the number one prospect in the Marlins system. Uh, as Robbie said, he struggled down the stretch. He's 21. He wasn't supposed to be there because yeah. he's one of those guys that has such electric stuff. It's hard to control. So you're going to see the walk rate start high in his career and come down. And it's just a guy. The launch angle is 4.3, 4.3 league oh, average really? was 11.9. Like even if he struggled, that number is telling that he's going to be fine because barrel rate 5.54 was under the league average exit velo under the league average. So for me, this is a guy you want to go get because the strikeout upside is absolutely there. The slider is one of the best pitches in baseball. Well, one of 21. his teammates, one of his teammates tie in Sandy Alcantara was a fireballer at his age, right. And needed to learn instead of being the thrower, excuse me, to be the pitcher. And Sandy Alcantara had a perfectly fine season. Now, Miami had the weird season by being shut down for two weeks and having to play a bunch of seven-inning games, all sorts of things like that. But there are reasons why 
he is going to be good moving forward. Yeah, it's it's just really impressive. So we contact average Major League Baseball, 3.2. We contact for Sixto Sanchez, 8%. Very high, right? Ground ball rate, 58. League average, 45. These are all extremely, extremely impressive numbers for a 21-year-old. Go hey, that bad by him. Bad a ball profile is just like his teammate, Sandy Alcantara, who I just mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's right. got good company, Sandy and Max and uh, Jay Happ. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, can't get them all right. Um, so let's move on to somebody who I think is kind of less notable and going to be under the radar for 2021, Framber Valdez. So 70 and two-thirds innings this year, five and three. Houston Astro, if you didn't know. And if you didn't know, that's probably what most of your league is thinking. Is that who? Who? Sorry. So anyway, the lefty had 76 Ks in 70 innings, 70 and two thirds innings, 357 ERA and a 1.18 or 1.12, sorry, uh, whip. Now, Framber, eh, you know, not, not my favorite pick moving forward. Somebody who might get overvalued, but I also think depending on your league is worth a shot, but I've got him at a sell. Because this could have been the season. This could have been the time for him. We don't know, like you had mentioned in a previous episode, Ty, what Houston's going to do with the rotation. Are they going to overhaul it? Are they going to try to make a big splash with a um, Trevor Bauer type guy? Or, well, maybe not Bauer, but, you know, Stroman. Are free agents going to come in to fill the role as they have in previous years? So uh, I think Framber is a decent guy to have around. Jose Urquidy was kind of a similar guy last year, I think came on, did good things, and then people were excited for next year. So I'm saying if you got Eric Quaidy, take him. If you've got Framer, sell him. That's my guy. Out on him. And Ty, you are saying to hold. So And, I, and I'm him? switching because, okay. again, another guy I've watched in the playoffs that I fell in love with. Now, mm. one of the things we talked about when Alex was on um, was talking about the value of vertical movement versus horizontal movement. Yes. And this is part of my schooling background was understanding how your brain works. And so basically the value of vertical movement is a two to one value versus horizontal movement. And the, the movement profile on Framber is elite. Okay. Change up is 2.9 inches better than the league average on the change up. It's a full 10% better. Um, 5.8 on the curveball, which is a very, very strong pitch for him. Um, and it is 18% better with the sinker. Now, what brings us all home, and this is the key thing that I fell in love with on Framber, is that his four-seamer and his sinker, which are very different pitches, on average are separated by decimal one mile per hour. So if you can make a fastball and a sinker look at the same velocity, good luck. Like good luck. And I wonder then where if he, he is. Sorry, Ty. I just, I'm just curious where he's going to be. Um, if you were to look at the uh, pitch overlay, you know what I mean? Like for deception. Well, fastball sinker should be pretty close. Yeah, yeah. You, but that just like that would be a really good indication that his K's should even shoot up. Yeah. To, you know, disconnect on my original thought of selling them for the value now. Yeah, like fastball is actually his least used pitch, but it's one of those ones that I watched him in the last series against Tampa Bay, he got a lot of people out in that playoff game because he introduced the fastball when they weren't ready for it. And partly because Tampa Bay is known to be hunting off speed. 
That's what they do. They're very good at it. They're the best in baseball at hitting off speed. And he beat him with a lot of fastballs while using the curveball with insane location. Like, I mean, elite level location for a big breaker. And you put those couple of things together. This guy's not going to be sub one ERA or sub two ERA, but he's going to be sub three. And assuming nothing changes, if he pitches like he did in the playoffs, you're going to want to buy him really, really, really hard during this offseason. All right. So Dustin May, the 22-year-old Dodger, 55th ranked in the Dinger big board, finished this year with 56 innings, 3-1 and record, 44 Ks, 257 ERA, and a one decimal 0-9 whip. Um, I've got him as a sell, and I think that's solely based on how I was feeling about a month ago when we did this prior to playoffs. Um, again, similar to Goslin, who I'm just not sure what's going to go on, who's going to get the starts every fifth day. But for me, the value on May far exceeds what I think he might actually do over the next several fantasy seasons. So I was looking at this as here's a really good opportunity to cash in on somebody who's going to be achievable or sorry, who's going to be cheap, who's going to be acquirable to with me as, as an owner. And I'm going to go on to the next thing. I'm going to be looking for the Kopech plus return, you know, the high end prospect plus who I think could be better straight up. And I think teams or just, just different fantasy owners are going to make that deal. Um, you've got him as a buy. You talked about it before the season too. So I don't know how much you want to go in depth on him, but Dustin May is a damn fine pitcher. It's just the K's could have been higher and, I don't know exactly what the Dodgers are going to do long-term. Yeah. So I'm buying still, and I think this will be your last chance to buy him because his sinker is elite and it's better. It's probably the best sinker in baseball because he pumps it at 92 and it tails about four feet. It's gross. And so I'm want to buy him for, for that reason alone, the, Statcast data doesn't do it justice, right? It says the the movement is just 2.7 above average. I find that very hard to believe after watching it with my eyes. <laughs> it's just there there's there's has to be more than 2.7 inches of vertical movement on that pitch. It just there's no way it's it's moving uh just above league average. It doesn't make, right. make sense to me. So I'm not buying on that. The second part and probably the most important part is that you're going to see location improvements. This is a big guy, right? He is not five one. He is six six and he's a big body. Did you he see is, that, Ty? Did you see how that? thin he is? Doesn't he just remind you of somebody? No. Don't sell away. Don't sell away. No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. I but mean, it's actually sail- come sail away. Come yeah, sail but he away. actually has like look at look at this photo you can see on the screen. That's actually good mechanics. If you watch Chris Chris Sale at this position, it's terrifying. I think um, you're just being uh, confused by the hair. I think that's what Dustin May does. Is the, the ginger long long ginger locks totally messing with you? I saw somebody on Twitter. Funny enough, during the playoffs, some old guy in in a certain industry that I I pay attention to, and he made a comment about. Do Gonsolin and May not have a good barber in in LA? And it's just like, come on, man. Like, 
let let the guy be a guy. Like he just yeah. wants sweet flow while he's pitching. Like just leave him alone. Oh yeah. When Tim Lincecum was, you know, just striking everybody out in the what 2012 through 14, 15, everybody loved him. You know, yeah. like let let the guys be the guys. I'm just I'm he's just making fun because it's huge. He's the major league leader in ginger per square foot. <laughs> <laughs> and and the guy right behind him is gonna or is about to be his former teammate and Justin Turner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? So anyway, the, the big thing for me is you're gonna see refinement. Like there's very few guys six five and above that come in with perfect mechanics. Now Dustin May has very good mechanics, he's going to get them quickly way faster than most guys that are 6'6 to 6'8 do. Um, see Riley Pint if you're curious about oh, how that plays come out. come on. Yeah, I'm, that was a deep shot. Anyway, oh. uh, I, I have some, like, peer-to-peer knowledge of that situation, so I'll, I'll fill you in off off the, oh, okay. the episode here on Riley Pint. But um, Dustin May is going to be very good. Do not miss your chance to buy him. Buy him before he has a great season next season because the cutter location wasn't great this season. It's going to get better. The sinker location, he had trouble getting it to the outside corner. So a lot of that stuff relied on the guys not sitting on that sinker and beating the barrel to it. Because if you can't set it away, they're only going to look for it in. And if they can see the sinker in, they're going to get the barrel to it uh, a little bit. Now, he gave up the bomb last night to low on an absolute cement mixer of a curveball. That'll all get better. It just will. This is a kid. He's he's still so young. Bye, bye, bye. All right. If you want a low K percentage, bye. Uh, moving on to a high K percentage, Lucas Giolito, who I... Sorry, sorry, Robbie. Before we move on, just take a look at the um, comparable pitchers here. I did. I did. Sixto, Sixto. Corbin, Luis, Garrett Richards, and, and really focus Spencer on how... Turnbull. <laughs> Turnbull's fine. Turnbull's very underappreciated. Just pay attention to Corbin Burns and remember how right I was. Okay, sure. Well, Lucas Giolito, a guy who after a horrible 2018, I bought in and was rewarded with 2019 and now into 2020. 72 and a third innings this year, four and three record, 97, 97 Ks, uh, 348 ERA and a whip just over one, one decimal zero four. Uh, Lucas is going to be hard to acquire, but if you can, please do. That's all I have to say about him. He's going to be a good pitcher. Anchor your rotation. The end. Robbie, this one, this is basically how you felt entering the 2019 season. Man, I'm tired of being right. And on, on the one guy. <laughs> one everybody has a guy. And regardless, he did a great pick. I mean, I was a harsh critic of Giolito. So good on you for picking up on that one. Um, this is a guy that has great stuff but it just did not come together. And he's certainly the ace of that White Sox staff right now should continue to be that way. Even with the return of Kopech uh, next season, it's just, he's the guy and, and great on you. He's definitely pivoted for me to a buy. I, it, I think at this point you're going to struggle to buy him. Um, but I think he's of the aces out there. He's going to be one of the more affordable aces. So it just depends yeah. on who, who owns them. Um, but he's an ace. He absolutely is the ace of that staff. So if you were in a category league that still values wins, that way Sox team is going to deliver that. He's going to give you quality starts and he's going to give you strikeouts. So go get him. Yeah. And that'll bring us to a very similar pitcher, but I would say 
a lesser version. And that's Luis Castillo of the Reds in 70 innings this year, four and six. The six losses obviously are not all on Castillo himself, but 89 Ks, three, two, one ERA and a one, two, three whip. Very interesting. Three, two, one, one, two, three. Um, but just out of curiosity, why do you throw the lesser tag on him? Simply because everything is a little bit less, you know, Giolito less innings. Well, Giolito is on a team that is on the rise and the Reds are a team that stumbled last year. Uh, The K's. So you were saying, you know, K's per nine might be closer than total K count, but the ERA and the the fact that, that we both had them, well, not both, but we had them as a collective rank of 14 for Giolito and nine for Castillo. I've got Castillo as a hold. And that's because I think the price to acquire him is going to be higher than Giolito, but I would prefer to have Giolito in the first place. So if I'm making two offers, I'm going to offer. I think if I offered the same value for both guys that have a better chance of getting Giolito than Castillo and Giolito is my preference. Yeah. And I mean, Luis Castillo for me is just at that point where he's peak. He's sell him now, get rid of him mm-hmm. while you can. Um, I, I'm with you. Giolito probably sustains better. Castillo still has some control issues. Um, this year was his best year in that regard, in my opinion, from what I watched. Um, the stuff's electric. Like this is very much an older version of Sixto Sanchez. So I, I love the stuff. I think he could be extremely valuable. Um, I'm only selling him if I get the right price. And, and the right price is, is everything uh, that you have. So I'm only really going to be selling Castillo to somebody that needs him to win a championship. So I want to make that clear. Like I'm not, I'm not selling him for the sake of selling him. I'm selling him for the sake of absolutely owning somebody's future prospects. <laughs> uh, this next one's going to be pretty quick. It's Dakota Hudson, Tommy John uh, after the year, but 39 innings, three and two, 31 Ks, 277 ERA and a one whip. So Hudson will be out for 2021. So you are losing, you know, 20% of your five-year value on a guy who is going to be 26 for next year. So you're looking at him coming back, hopefully healthy and ready to go for a full 20 age, 27 season in 2022. Um, I've, I've got him as a sell because you don't need him right now, but I'll tell you right now that in one year, I will be saying, go buy him because people will have forgotten. So if you want to hold, sure. I'm I'm good with any of it, really. It, Dakota Hudson is not a high K guy, but he's a perfectly good, you know, Marco Gonzalez type. Um, he just he's just not high K's, but he should be good results. This is a guy I'm buying. I'm buying him all day for the same reasons you're saying you're gonna buy him in a year. I'm buying him now because he's gonna be a lot cheaper. And that's the big reason for me is is I'm gonna give somebody of very little value to get him. And that for me is the value because I'm going to be able to bury them on my IR all season. Well, one of the things that really pisses me off in a couple leagues I'm in Ty is that they've created out outside of the generic setup of whatever league you're in. They've created a 60 day DL or IL. So you can put him on it and he can be on throughout the entire off season. And he doesn't count towards your roster, which pisses me off in leagues where you're only allowed to have 25 or 26 MLB guys these same leagues also are like, oh, well, if they're like out, which no team is out on a 40-man MLB roster, right? Like Hudson has to count on it for the Cardinals. Like there there are certain things that have to happen. And they're like, oh, no, 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 like don't worry about that. We're cool with it. So 
in that sense, if you were in one of those leagues, his value will be slightly higher. But I agree with you there. I would go and get him in those leagues because he doesn't count against your Well, the only defense I'll say to that versus like real life, right, which is what you're comparing it to, is that in real life you have hundreds of players in your farm system that you can pull from. In fantasy, there's only so many guys you're allowed to put on your roster. You don't have that ability to just put a guy in because, frankly, fantasy, you rely on counting stats. They have to be actualized. And so you have to tighten the format as best you can. Yeah, it just bugs me that in a couple leagues, they're like, ah, I know that it doesn't exist, but we're just creating this list so you can have it. And then you look on your waivers and you see a dozen guys that you'd be happy to pick up if you're rebuilding, but they're not actually available. It's just that the team is allowed to drop them, but they're truly on some hidden list. So that's where Hudson is. Um, uh, yeah, so we can go on quickly. Julio Urias, 13th ranked guy on Dingers. The Dodger, 23-year-old, yeah, um, 55 innings this year, 3-0 and record, 45 Ks, 327 ERA, 1.15 whip. This is what we want. We want them to just, you know, we talked about this with Alex Reyes, which is funny, um, almost two years ago. You got to let the thoroughbred run, and that's what we want to see with Julio coming into 2021. Uh, we're both buying on him. I, I feel like it's all for the same reasons. We like what we see, and he's young. You know, he's overcome injuries. He's young and the K, the K numbers should logically go up, but um, dominant team, you know, moves in next Kershaw, whatever you want to say. Well, I mean, if you're unsure of whether you're going to buy Julio Urias or not, uh, hi, welcome to the show. Uh, yeah. This is welcome the first to time you listen, listen to us. Appreciate you uh, listening. <laughs> Share and subscribe and smash that like button as the YouTuber said. <laughs> That's right. Uh, this this is our guy. Like, I mean, this is clearly the guy Rob and I agree on most. Um, there's so much good here. What I really like is that the Dodgers have been using him in huge innings, huge innings in the playoffs here. And he has delivered. He has been arguably their best pitcher in the postseason, right? He closed out the game with Kenley Jansen getting loose to send them to the world series. Like that's a big ask for a 23 year old. Just think about that. Like how many teams have had a 23 year old close the door to go to the world series. Can you name one Robbie? Uh, the like, closest thing would be an Osuna and he didn't do it. David price is your guy. Just oh, saying fun okay. fact. Um, a future but, teammate. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> yeah, shoot. I always forget about him. That might change mm -hmm. my stance on Gonsolin. Hmm. interesting interesting i forgot about that one uh anyway good thing you're part of dingers because we're for smart people that's right i just <laughs> it's just getting late. david we're, price don't we're, forget we're getting deeper in this bottle so i don't know <laughs> if, that, if that's a fair there but anyway the point is is that this kid's real good um he's a bulldog as well from the left side the hook is is very very good he's 24 now robbie fun fact um oh is he now oh okay yeah but his hard hit rate's very good he's in the 91st percentile uh his k rate is way lower than his stuff should allow for so yeah. like you said that's going to be your opportunity to buy because people are going to look at these things in the offseason and go oh, i don't know his k rate's just not good well he's 24 and he hasn't had a chance to log huge innings so just let him do that the curveball is good the changeup continues to get better uh, and this slider is the the pitch that I think is a bit forgotten for him. And I'm not sure why they've 
they've kind of slowly been tapering that pitch off, but they definitely leaned on the curveball this year. It went from 6% in 2019 to 22 this year. And nobody's hitting the curveball. I mean, they're batting 162 against that big old hook. The four seamer is the one that he gets beat up on. Um, 211 average, but the slug is 402. And when you throw hard, 94.2 average fastball, those fastballs go up uh, and they go bye-bye. And so that's that's the split thing that you're going to want to pay attention to. Um, I'd like to see the slider come back. It got beat up this season in a big way. Yeah, um, that was the one that I think for him was supposed to be the out pitch. I think it still is. I think he's refining and tweaking it. I think it'll come back. I think what you're going to see is him establish himself as a major league pitcher next season with the curveball. And then I think you're going to see an introduction of the slider come back in. That's what I'm I'm looking for because previous to that, like last year, they hit 122 against it, slug 244, yeah. and and gave up very little damage with a significant amount of pitches. Uh, but he was relieving slider. more, Ty. Just sorry, just he was relieving more earlier in the year, so maybe that was a more effective out pitch for him. And unfortunately, I I don't know enough about exactly what he did this year. But the idea is, you know, you only want to throw the first time through the lineup one or two of your pitches or well what, two to three of your pitches if you got them and then you want to start to introduce as the time goes on so maybe he was just introducing the slider earlier than he should have been and maybe that'll be something they hide next year so that it can become that out pitch to get that k count up yeah i i just maybe. really think yeah i just really think you're going to see that slider come back um it's it's a weapon against the lefties really more so than i think it is against the righties and i think the curveball might be more effective uh, against the righties because it hides that fastball in, right? Like that's right. really where, where it helps you use it. So my, my guess, if we were to pull the splits here without looking, my prediction is that uh, we saw an improvement versus right-handed batters this season. So um, big drop 290 and you can see ERA against the lefties 430. Yeah, rough. So, so it, it just hammers home my point because I bet you without looking again, before I click this button, he walked 20, all the righties. Correct. 14 walks to four. But I bet you if we flip to 2019, I bet you the ERAs flip. I bet you the ERAs up against the righties and down against the lefties. So drum roll, please. Bingo. So he was better against the lefties. <laughs> but I it mean, was better overall. But they're both really year, good, yeah. right? They're still oh, yeah, good. Yeah. Two, 260 yeah. against the righties, but a, a drastic difference against the lefties. 430 yeah. in 2020 versus 228 against the lefties in 2019. So that for me just hammers home the fact that the slider is going to be back. Okay. So and let's not go too much longer. We're buying on Urias, right? Yeah, but, but here's why we just went through why that's all of the why. So go buy yeah. it. And yeah. And get him. So Josh Fleming's another, a new on the scene guy Ugh. wasn't even ranked in the dingers top two Oh two last year. And I would say for good reason, because there wasn't enough there. So I'm saying, hold on Fleming. Fleming got 32 and a third innings this year. He was, I don't know if he's on the World Series roster. Was on the ALCS roster. Um, 5-0 and this year, 25 Ks and 32 innings, 278 ERA, uh, 1.1 whip. I like Josh Fleming. I drafted him in a league that, a real money league that we're in, Ty, um, because I feel like he might just kick around T-Bay, and that's okay. But he's not a high K guy. So what's he going to bring to Tampa Bay, right? He's got to bring six quality innings. And if he's not doing that, he's not going to be a Ray for long because that's what they need out of their starters before they go to that pen. Now they could go to five, right? That's, that's the thing, 
but we don't want that for Josh Fleming as a fantasy asset. So if he's going to six, it's going to be great. So I would just say, if you can quickly get him, it's not going to cost a whole lot and hold him, but don't sell him. If you do have him, because you want to see what Tampa Bay is going to do with him. His value won't go down. If he doesn't pitch a whole lot next year or starting into next year, you can make a judgment call, but I think he's worth a spot. And, and again, rookie eligibility, you might be able to just bury him in your minors. So I'm cool with Josh Fleming as a hold. Um, I would say, you know, hold by. Uh, I'm selling. And this this will be the only time I say it before 2023 um, is that because of how Miami hit him, I'm dropping him and I'm getting rid of him. <laughs> so the second time through against the Marlins this season, he gave up multiple home runs against that roster. So the scouting report after a very clean three hit outing in his first pit, uh, appearance against Miami. Yep. Um, he, he came back, didn't strike anybody out and gave up bombs. I'm very concerned by that. There was more, like seven hits in five innings against a Marlin team that has been very good, but it's not as if Miami was beating teams eight, one, right. They were winning three, two, five, four, five, three, right. Like close. Until they went games. to Buffalo and played the Jays. And then it was like, Wonko burgers. Over yeah, there. exactly. But the reality is I'm out on Fleming because I, I watched enough of them this year um, that I didn't like the eye test. And okay. I'm very, very point. concerned by the second time through against a guy like this, because none of his stuff, in my opinion, was elite. Like, I just didn't see any pitch where I was watching and going, you know what? He's going to dominate. Like, well, and, was- and, like the 29th ranked prospect, from the Rays organization, not Correct. a highly touted guy, but a lefty and a guy that like got it done this year at 24 years of age. And so, sorry, something you have to pay attention to on my screen, Robbie, look at the slider map. It's very good. Uh, high no. and in. High, high, high and in. Into a that's, that's, that is not going to end well. Like Very good. Very, he might be I opening like a construction company next year. <laughs> I like, I like that he barely threw four seamers and curves. Um, so, well, we'll, we'll give him a wrap then, you know, we agree to disagree. I think he's worth a shot. You're saying, don't do it. Um, if there's value, yeah, if there's value there, take it and treat it as Tyson. So, so Brad Keller, Kansas city, excuse me, he's going to be the number one on the Kansas city five. And that's not because I think he's the best one. That's because he's the first one of the five that are there. Now there are a potential Casey six, but that's because they just got uh, AC Lacey. So, Keller is one and 54 and two thirds innings this year, five and three record. Uh, the K's will underwhelm. And that is why I am saying bye, bye, bye. He had 35 K's and 54 and two thirds innings, but the ERA two, four, seven and the whip one decimal zero two baby. So Brad Keller was on a bad team that was not scoring runs consistently. And he was able to limit the damage on walks. He did a good job, but was not able to have an effective out pitch to get the K's up. I don't care. 2020, he was coming back from injury early in the year. I think it was, I think it was injury. I don't think it was COVID for him, uh, but there were, there were times that he did miss and he is able to get that K count up, you know, in his last four, where are we for, for strikeouts here? Four starts, I had seen something that I kind of liked. Well, whatever. His last two starts, he had four and five Ks collectively. We'll just leave it at that. In innings pitched, a five and six innings. So he can get it up if he needs to. Uh, Annual, or sorry, his K count, 
highest K number for the, an outing was seven. That was his first start of the year. And then he's like, you know what? I got this. I'm just going to lower the K so that it lowers my fantasy value. And that's for you, Robbie baseball. That's for you. So I'm saying, go out there, get yourself some Brad Keller. Thank me later. Even if he's not getting you in the counting stat, he's hitting you up in percentages and Kansas city will slowly get better. I know that their best asset for prospects is, is in the um, pitching category, but they're also going to be able to continue to take chances on guys, you know, like they did with Soler, um, you know, Hunter Dozier finally developed, blah, 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 blah. You can go get guys. We can see it happen. The AL Central is really a wonky division. There's a lot of power. We're not sure what's happening with Cleveland. You know, White Sox could be owning it the next couple of years. And Detroit, we don't know. But go get yourself some Brad Keller and thank me later. You should be thanking me now. Well, I'm one of those people, Robbie. You've converted me on Keller. Uh, all of that said, there's one thing I'm going to watch for here is I need that sinker to be more accurate because I need it to set up the slider better. Right. I, it just it just needs to be there because he does pitch up with his fastball. He's pretty effective with it. It's a great fastball. But the reason it gets hit harder than it should is because he's not developing or improving the sinker at the rate I'd like to see it. And he's 24. Correct. I'm going to say he'll get it done. Uh, thank me later. Well, <laughs> That's and, just what I'll say for it. Blah, 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 blah. Thank me. Well, he's 25 now, but you got the idea. It's age 25 listen, season next year. Look look at that frame, Robbie. You, you know I like that frame. Mm. 6'5", 250. That's a oh, beefy yeah. boy. I mean, he's he's going to last, right? He, you know, he is the the first version of Bruce Dark Gratterall. Um, and also a rule five guy, which like we both love. Yeah. You know, I, I really think we're going to see an evolution of the rule five draft uh, with the extra roster spot. I, I just think that's going to be there. Fingers so crossed. Yeah. Even I really 28 man roster in the playoffs, right? Like we could see some wonky stuff if they allow more opportunity for teams to be creative. Yeah. The one thing I want to draw attention to Robbie is this part down here on the screen where we talk about similar pitchers to uh, Brad Keller. In Vince Spencer Velasquez, Turnbull, perfect. Just, just like twice. you said, that's great. Spence, <laughs> Spencer is underappreciated. Yeah. yeah. Now I'll agree on Spencer Turnbull, and I won't laugh at him. <laughs> so Vince Velasquez is a guy that nobody like, will argue with you that knows what they're talking about. That Vince Velasquez has elite stuff. Like his stuff is elite, but he cannot control it in a way that it needs to be controlled to be effective. And there's games where Vince Velasquez is the best pitcher in major league baseball. And then there's games where he, it's hard to understand why he's in major league baseball yeah. and, and Keller just has some of those tendencies at the age of 24. So he has lots of time to fix that. And Casey has no reason to not give him runway to figure that out. That yeah, said, he was going to be the opening day starter this year. He will be the opening day starter. In yeah, and, and, and he deserves it. He's a good pitcher. There's just enough here that if he doesn't make some of these improvements, that there's some warning signs. So he should. He's 24. He's got a big ballpark to pitch in. I like Keller to take a big step forward this season. Okay, so let's finish off on a fun note. Carlos Carrasco, 33-year-old Cleveland Indian, 68 innings pitched this year. Good for you, Carlos. Coming back from leukemia last year, three and four record, 82 Ks in 68 innings, 291 ERA. Beautiful. Whip 1.21. If you want to get technical, 1.206. But both of us are sells. Um, I'm selling Ty because he will be 34 next year. 
because it will be a full season, full grind. It'll be a lot harder for him to continue the numbers as he did. But I love the Ks, and I think the Ks give a lot of inflated value that might not pan out over the next season or two. So I did sell him last year. I even sold him to Ronnie in a league, and I got David Fletcher back, and it worked out well for me because I had pitching depth. And I think I got a draft pick somewhere in there that I got a pitcher for. But Carrasco to me as somebody I'm not going to acquire. Uh, he could be part of a trade package though. I'd be interested because of categories and the K count. I'm interested in it. Plus it's Cleveland, right? Cleveland pitchers all seem to be good. Yeah. I mean, for me, this is an age thing partially, but the walk rate took a huge jump this year, right? Like he's always been a guy that's below major league average uh, walking, keeps it under control with strikeouts. So no walks and strikeouts usually is a pretty good formula, right? So if now you're getting towards league average, you're going to get hit a little bit harder. So an interesting fact, obviously he was battling some different things in 2019, but he got ripped in 2019, like just ripped hard and bottom two percentage and hard hit percentage. So that's, that's saying a little bit, um, his K percentage has never been elite. It's always been very good. It's always been above average, but it's never been in that top 10 to 15%. I feel like people talk about him as if he is in that top 15, top 10%. Yeah. And, and he's just not there. Like he's, he's on the fringe. Like he's, I bet you with, if we had more stats in front of us, bet you'd be top 25% regularly and that's fine. He's still good. Um, I'm more concerned with part of the big value around a Carrasco or even a Clevenger in past years was the fact that even if they gave up some hits and had a ERA in the threes, you still getting wins, still getting quality starts. And the bullpen wasn't blowing those victories. That's changing in Cleveland. They're going to be potentially without Lindor after this off season. And that team is in rebuild mode. So the only reason I would ever change from a sell is if Carrasco gets traded. And, okay. and there's so a something distinct, to watch then, right? Yeah. There's the distinct possibility that that could happen, right? It very easily could happen that they move Carlos Carrasco this offseason. They've, they've resisted it for years. Teams have went looking for him over and over mm-hmm. and over. This could be the season if they just decide to, to restart because why wouldn't they, right? Like, seriously, they have no reason to, to try to compete. They do not have the offense to do that. Yeah, and I mean, well, you've said it too, though, Ty. Like, Yu Chang will be available when Lindor is not. So, yeah, uh, I thought you said he was better than Lindor. Maybe uh, no, no, another episode, another episode. No um, point did I say that. Oh, oh, okay. I said I like him better than Lindor. That's not the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's like me and Austin both versus Scherzer. exactly another yeah. episode. But anyway, that is thirty-eight pitchers who had good stat lines, and as you can tell from the way that we broke it down through fantasy stats, through some advanced analytics. It's not all sunshine and rainbows. So be cautious in your acquisitions, but be aggressive on the guys you want because it pays off in fantasy. If you sit back and are very passive and don't do things this time of the year, you will be regretting it come May, June, July next year when players have improved or players have shown their true colors, as we have pointed out to you that they are likely to do. make this season important for you, right? It's pre-draft season, but it doesn't mean you can't be shuffling the deck. And if you're waiting on new on, new owners to come into your league or a dispersal draft or all sorts of different things, 
be patient, but be talking to the other guys and be talking to owners about who they have and what you want and, and try to make deals right now so that as soon as it's go time, boom, you're in and on it. Uh, really enjoyed doing this, Ty. It was a ton of pitchers. We are going to continue on this trend, but we're going to shorten that down. We're going to do corner infield, middle infielders, and outfielders in future episodes. And if you have players you're curious about, hit us up at Dinger's Pod. We are happy to discuss with you and share so the information. One thing just on the pitching note, Robbie, and, and I'm going to leave a nugget for people that are super on the ball. Jim Hickey was just hired as the pitching coach in Washington. We all know how I feel about Jim Hickey as a pitching coach. I think he's the best. And he retired, and somehow Washington brought him back. So – Everybody in that organization just went up my list. Uh, Austin Voth, baby. Side. Austin yeah. Voth, so baby. It might it might change my position <laughs> on Austin Voth, and that's not. I'm not even joking because I've been very harsh on him, but this definitely changes the position. So just a fun fact. But until next time, thank you again for listening. As Robbie said earlier, if you're new to the show, make sure you hammer the subscribe button. We want to hear hear from you guys every week. Follow us up on Twitter, Robbie Baseball One Diggers Pod, Turny Boss. Hit us up, and we'll see you next time on Dingers. This is Dingers, way more than fantasy baseball. We keep it real when we talk and knock it straight out the park. <laughs> Let's see the stats. What's the average draft position? What kind of plays you making? Check the wins above replacement. Check the lineups and the points. This I got to see. What's your path to victory? Are they aiming for a dynasty? Get points going head to head. Please don't do me no favors. We're always watching waivers. Ain't no minor league. This is major. Yeah. Dingers. Let's go.